0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. I am not in the best mood today, folks. I, I apologize if I come off as a bit Well, a little more cranky than usual. It just is as it is, but we'll try to make the best of it. Try to have ourselves a grand gay old time doing this podcast as we usually do. But I just wanted to get that off my chest, let you all know if you're like, damn, Miller is extra cranky today. Yeah, I am. I will, I'll own that 100%. But I hope you folks are having a grand gay old time. I know you queens out there, at least you queens with your gay Lego sets, you were probably having a grand gay old time last week during Lego Day. Got to have another excuse to take out your gay Legos, play with your gay Legos for a little bit, and you'll probably keep them out. Because Pride is, what, about five months away? Something like that. You know what I think, though, white boy Malcolm X? What I think kind of got me in this cranky mood, and that was rhetorical, sir, so shut up over there. I think, though, it was having to watch Javier Bardem, a Spaniard, play Ricky Ricardo, who was Cuban. It just offended me, folks, having to watch that movie. And I just wanted to scream at the television every single time I had to watch Javier Bardem pretend to be Ricky Ricardo. It just offended my woke sensibilities. And you folks know how woke I am. I am the most woke person that I know. So I'm sure you can understand why I was so upset. Why I was so, to use the term millennial and Gen Z kids love, why I was so traumatized at having to watch a Spaniard steal the role that a Cuban should have been playing. Now, I'm just playing around, folks. (laughs) Now, this was kind of a, well, it kind of dovetails back to a story we had a couple weeks ago where Aaron Sorkin, who wrote and directed that, he was having to defend having a Spaniard play a Cuban because I guess it offended somebody's woke sensibilities to have a Spaniard playing a Cuban. That was also the article where Aaron more or less stepped in it when he basically endorsed the gay-for-pay business model, where Aaron and I am very roughly paraphrasing here, but Aaron was basically of the mind where you get the best person to do the job. You don't worry about who they sleep with off set. And that's when Billy Eichner, that bitter old queen, she about lost her mind on Twitter, raging against Aaron Sorkin for endorsing the gay-for-pay business model. Billy... I guess he can't get enough jobs. Can't act his way out of a paper bag anyway. But I guess he thought if he could get straight actors banned from playing gay characters, that might open up more possibilities for him. Not that he's the only one. Michael Urie, another bitter old queen. And those two, as a random aside, White Boy Malcolm X, I think they're more bitter than I am. And I definitely don't want you to comment on that. And we just talked about this a couple days ago on our midweek podcast on Wednesday, how gay for pay is bad, but straight for pay, like, for example, world-renowned straight for pay actor Richard Madden, that is perfectly okay. And like I said on Wednesday's podcast, the double standard, that's alive and well. But overall, being the Ricardos, if you can get past a Spaniard playing a Cuban, it was a pretty good movie, all things considered. And that is on Amazon. Thank you, sir. Amazon Prime, if you've got that. So let's go ahead and jump into things. And our first story, folks, is from LGBTQ Nation. Those girls over at LGBTQ Nation. Elliot Page has set the internet on fire with a selfie and an emoji. How does he do it? Well, I'll tell you how he does it. He gets a sycophantic gay media that laps up everything that he does. Kind of like Hunter Biden and a line of coke. Just laps it all up. And this story, folks, was written by Bill Browning. And that's Bill with one L, another one who has to be super special and unique, by spelling Bill with one L. And Bill, he is the editor-in-chief over there at LGBTQ Nation. So he's the head queen over there at LGBTQ Nation. Having done this podcast for, well, going on a year and a half now, I do, unfortunately, have to peruse the gay media on a regular basis to prepare for this show. I guess I don't have to, but I do it anyway, because, well, they're kind of fun to laugh at, most of the time anyway. But the gay media, they're like the mean girls in the mainstream media, but on steroids. With the gay media going to any of these sites, this one, LGBTQ Nation, Pink News, Tow Road, The Advocate, Pick Your Flavor. All their stories are either about heroes or villains. That's the lens that the gay media look through when they're writing a story. Are they a hero or are they a villain? Elliot Page, and nothing against Elliot, I couldn't care less about Elliot and his transition. But Elliot... To the gay media, he is one of the cool kids. He's a popular transgender. So they give him hand job level coverage like this one. Oh, he sets the internet on fire with his pictures and his emojis. They're basically giving him a Lewinsky in a media article with that stupid headline and story. But then you look how they treat Caitlyn Jenner. A Republican, evil, definitely a villain, not one of the cool kids. She is definitely not a popular transgender. So the coverage with Caitlin, generally speaking, is vicious and bitchy. So great job there, Bill. That was such wonderful journalism there coming out of the LGBTQ nation. Pulitzer's all around for you girls. From TMZ, Sean Penn, men in skirts? Sounds like cowardly jeans. And this is what Sean Penn had to say about that. I am in the club that believes that men in American culture have become wildly feminized. I don't think that being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women is anything to do with masculinity or ever did, but I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. Now, folks, I never thought I would see the day where I ever, 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 ever would find myself agreeing with anything that came out of Sean Penn's mouth. Now, I'm sure that Billy Porter and Harry Styles They're a bit butthurt by all that. But, man, is that true or what? Men have become so emasculated as of late, and that's why we wind up with virgin pajama boys living in their parents' basement, eyeing up those sex dolls in the corner, playing with themselves, their Pokemon cards, their Playstations, masturbating to Marvel Films, masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they're posting on Reddit this week, freaking out their parents, freaking out their neighbors. That's why we have them. That's why we have soy boys, pansy emo boys, because men are not allowed to act like men anymore. Oh, it's toxic masculinity, which is why I always say you never get a boy to do a man's job. And unfortunately, out there, folks, even with the men, especially the younger ones, they all have huge man child pansy boy issues. To me, they're all blech because they've been neutered, taught to be a pansy pajama boy since they were very young. No thanks. From Tow Road, Kanye West allegedly telling friends Kim Kardashian's boyfriend Pete Davidson has AIDS. Mutual friends confused by false accusation. I didn't think, folks, that Kanye West was the brightest bulb in the shop. But how dumb do you have to be to not know the difference between HIV and AIDS? Which is what I assume is happening, unless which I think would be even worse. He's actually saying that Pete Davidson has full-blown AIDS. I think if Pete Davidson has anything, whatever it is, he can probably blame on his big dick energy, which I do not see at all. I feel like just getting a tetanus shot, watching Pete Davidson, prattle about when I see stories like this. I just... That is weird to me to say that Pete Davidson, run around telling people that Pete Davidson has AIDS. Of all the things to accuse your dopey ex-wife's dopey boyfriend of having, AIDS, that would not be on the top 10 on my list of things to accuse him of having. Like this is uh, 1989 or something. Kanye, if you're going to trash Pete Davidson, There's a lot of low-hanging fruit there that you can pick. Trash him with stuff that's probably true. AIDS, Kanye, try harder. From Eater, fear and loathing in your home kitchen. Every home cook has ingredients and dishes they avoid out of fear or tools they're afraid to use. What does it take to get over it? White Boy Malcolm X. Question for you, sir. Do you have ingredients and dishes that scare you? Do you have like oregano or parsley? Maybe some fancy gourmet mustard in your fridge? Do you have any of that in your house that's frightening to you? No. Okay. How about kitchen tools? And I don't mean the beer bottle opener, sir. Your beer bottle opener, that's probably terrifying to you. Sees you coming. Oh, crap. Here he goes again. But do you have anything in your house, sir? A pot, a pan, a spatula? Something in your house, sir, that terrifies the crap out of you every time you go in the kitchen? No. And you've got a pretty fancy kitchen, sir. So, but no. Okay. Just checking. You know who, folks, is terrified of food in their kitchen, tools in their kitchen, You know who's frightened of those things, folks? Really insecure people. You know, folks, the ones that have to go out, spend $100,000 minimum on a kitchen remodel, have all sorts of crap put in there. They don't know how to use. They don't even know what it is. They just order it because they think that's what you got to have in a gourmet kitchen. These are the people that run over to Williams-Sonoma, Crate and barrel. Sur la table. Buy an $800 toaster. A $2,000 bread maker. So that when people come over. They can show off. All their fancy gadgets. Which they have absolutely. No idea how to use. And I'm sure. Some moron over at Eater. Probably went into the office one day. And was like. Oh I'm so terrified of my waffle maker. It's just. It's hideous, it just scares me to death. And so, when they were workshopping new stories to tell, that came to mind. More great journalism out there. A step up from saying that Elliot Page set the internet on fire with a selfie pic, but not much better. But just so we don't trigger them, you folks over at Eater, a Pulitzer on its way to you too. From ABC News, Biden commits to nominating black woman to Supreme Court as he honors retiring Breyer. And I guess the question I have with this one is, I wonder what kind of train wreck we're going to get when he nominates another black person, a black woman, to the Supreme Court. The last time we went down this road, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer he came out and declared he was going to have a black woman as his vice presidential candidate. What did we get? Queen Kamala. Giggles. That's what we got. So I can only imagine what human train wreck we're going to get this time around. And as an aside, I bet you Dan Quayle, he's probably like, man, Do I feel vindicated right about now? Oh, well, I guess. I guess if that is what he or his handlers want to do, what are you going to do about it, right? These people are all about quotas to virtue signal, to assuage their white guilt, show how woke and down for the struggle they are. And just like the BIPOC folk, the astronauts that NASA wants to send up to the moon, those BIPOC pilots that United wants to put in the cockpit, this Supreme Court Justice, she is going to have to face the same question. Why are you here? And what else can she say? Oh, because creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer liked my black skin and my hoo-hoo. Although, technically speaking, she doesn't really need to have a hoo-hoo To qualify as a woman. And if that offends you, a woman without a hoo-hoo, a woman with a big old slab of man meat, if that offends you, you are about to get yourself a first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. From Fox Business, Tim Cook Stalker, Apple files for restraining order against Virginia woman accused of harassing CEO. And the woman in question, folks, is Julia Louis Chow. And this has been going on since the fall of 2020. She has showed up at his house at least twice. She has sent him, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, threatening photos of guns and bullets. And she also, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, tweeted that she was Tim Cook's wife and claimed he was the father of her twin children. This one, Julia Louis Chow, she is not very bright. I would dare say she is the AOC, the good skin worthy of stalkers. Julia, darling, if you're listening to this podcast, I hate to break it to you, but Tim Cook, he is a big old queen. He is a member of our tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. I think my cat has a better chance of marrying Tim Cook, and remember folks, it's California, I suspect you can marry a cat, but my cat has a better chance, Julia, than you do of being Mrs. Tim Cook, and can you imagine Popo going out to Tim's house, finding Julia Louis Chow, standing there claiming to be Julia Cook, ma'am, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm just waiting for my husband. Your husband? Oh, yes. I'm Julia Cook. My husband is Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. He is. Oh, yes. He is. He's also the father of my two children. So Tim Cook banged you, and you two produced kids. Oh, yes. We make sweet love all the time. But he's not home right now. I can see that. No, ma'am, he clearly isn't. And you know why? Do you know why your husband, Tim Cook, he's not here? Oh, no, I don't know why. Why? Ma'am, I hate to break it to you, but your husband, Tim Cook, I suspect that he's banging half of San Francisco right about now. Oh, no. Yes, ma'am. Kind of like Ronan Rubenstein is getting banged by half of L.A., but this, ma'am, this is Tim's full-time job. He's not a part-timer like Ronan is. So, Julia, bless your heart, dear. Bless your heart. Six ways to Sunday for not doing your homework before you stalked Tim Cook. And I suspect White Boy Malcolm X, after she finds out about Tim, she'll probably go down to L.A. and stalk, I don't know, Kevin Spacey, some big queen like that. And this is another one I think I'm going to skip. It's from KRON4. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to seek re-election. Of course she is, folks. What the hell else is she going to do? She can't abandon ship, even if she knows it's a losing effort. She'll do what they all do. Go through the motions, pretend to fight the good fight, then resign when they get their clock cleaned in November. She's 81 anyway got to relax, spend all that insider trading money her and her husband earned, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, while she still can. From Fox News, Jesse Smollett gets March sentencing date in hate crime hoax. So Jesse Smollett, that lying black queen who was convicted of five of six counts in his hate crime hoax case, He's going to get sentenced on March 10th. He's the one, just in case you don't know who the hell he is, he's the one that accused two MAGA guys of beating him up. Like they would waste their time on Jussie Smollett, that lying black queen. Be like, meh, you are not worth throwing a punch. Go away, queen. And I wonder, white boy Malcolm X, I wonder... If that lying black queen, if they'll send her to jail, these charges, folks, class four felonies, and each of them carries a sentence of up to three years. So that's five guilty verdicts times three years. That equals 15 years. Or technically, it could equal eight years, 10 years, 50 years. If you want to do woke math, pick a number. And if anyone doesn't like it, call them a racist. But don't get too excited out there, folks. I hate to break it to you, but according to this article from Fox News, experts say he's more likely to be put on probation in order to perform community service, most likely won't have to do any jail time. But given how much his life is over anyway, I mean, what the hell is he going to do at this point? Assistant manager at a Target? He may want to go to jail, have himself a grand, gay old time for 15 years. He'd be like, oh, throw the book at me, Judge. I'll take whatever you give me. I'll take whatever those boys in prison want to give me. So, Jussie, enjoy yourself. Enjoy being the new power bottom at whatever prison they wind up shipping you off to. From The Verge. Spotify picks Joe Rogan over Neil Young. Not that Neil, not that he's the only one. Barry Manilow, another one who took his toys and went home. Peter Frampton did as well, as did Joni Mitchell. And as a random aside, folks, and to tell you how gay I am, I did, and don't laugh at this white boy Malcolm X, I did see Barry Manilow in concert in Vegas. Yes, yes, I did. I did indeed. Well, when I lived in L.A., now I'm not a gambler, but I used to like to go up to L.A. a couple times a year, walk around, people watch. It's like Florida, folks. That's how entertaining Vegas is for people watching. But you do that. Maybe 50 bucks in the slot machines. But I used to like to go up there and watch a show or two every time. And I saw him... It was at the Hilton, although I think they sold that hotel or rebranded it. I don't think it's the Hilton anymore. But he had a concert, and I have to say this. The old-timers, they know how to put on a show. That was, I have to say, one hell of a show from Barry Manilow. And I also, while I'm telling Vegas show stories, I went to see Tom Jones. He was playing at the uh, the MGM when I was staying there once. I told Mama Frost, she's like, oh, I remember Tom Jones when I was a teenager. But he's another one. Hell of a performer. Knows how to put on a show. And you compare that to Adele, who I guess is having a bit of a meltdown. She and the show producer, show director, what have you, they're having a bit of a disagreement over there at Caesars. So her... Her residency got uh, canceled, postponed, something like that. But anyway, back to Spotify and Joe Rogan. I hate to say this, but none of these clowns, Neil Young, Barry Manilow, Peter Frampton, Joni Mitchell, and I'm sure there are others, but none of these clowns has had a hit in 20 years. All this is, is them getting to virtue signal, maybe get a few... COVID Karen types buying a song or two off iTunes. But that's all this is. Taking their toys, going home, just for some virtue signaling to please COVID Karen. Whatever, you kids have fun with that. From Fox 25, Tiger Queen Joe Exotic resentenced to 21 years in prison in murder-for-hire case. And this happened, folks, on Friday... This past Friday, where the judge resentenced Tiger Queen to 21 years, reducing his punishment by just one year. And the reason that even came about was that a federal appeals court, they ruled last year that the prison term he was serving should be shortened. So the judge, he's like, "Okay, I'll shorten it one year off. Have fun with that. And guess who, folks? Guess who was at that hearing? Carol Baskin. The same Carol Baskin who didn't want to take part in that second season of Tiger Queen, which we have not watched. She shows up with her husband and said that she was fearful that the Tiger Queen could threaten her, that he is an even more serious threat to her now, even though he's in prison. And I feel bad for the Tiger Queen. I have to say that something tells me that he is not having a grand gay old time there in prison. Although if anyone should, kind of like Jesse Smollett, it would be him. Oh, well, dear, Tiger Queen, we'll see you on the other side. And our last story, folks, is from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty. And it's actually, technically speaking, not a story. But queerity, they are doing their 10th anniversary of the Queer Tees, which I guess are the tribal awards for our lovable Star Wars Bar of a Tribe. And the Queer Tees, they have 25 different categories, 10 people each. So 250 members of the tribe are in the running. And they have different categories like TV series, Icon, Groundbreaker, Podcast, which I am not in, Innovator, another one I didn't make, but the first one to pop up is the badass category, so I'm like, hmm, who does Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, consider badasses for people to vote for, so here are the 10 badasses that Queerity, Gives you the choice to vote for. Bowen Yang, no idea who that is. Lena Bloom, no idea who that is. Jojo Siwa, I don't know how to pronounce this chick's last name. S I W A. She's apparently a big YouTuber. She's also a pansexual. And what's a pansexual? A snooty bisexual. Amy Schneider's here, she's transgender. She won all that money on Jeopardy. Kristen Stewart is there. She's there for the lesbians. Queen Latifah, another one for the lesbians. And for the queens. Hold on a second, folks, before we get to the queens. Everyone here does have to be represented. Don't want to get anyone hurt if their corner of the tribal tent didn't get represented. So what have we got? LGBTQ. So the L's, Kristen Stewart, Queen Latifah. The G's, we'll get to them in a second. The B, well, that's bisexual. So we'll just say that Jojo Siwa, the pansexual, the snooty bisexual, she'll check that box. You got Amy Schneider. She checks the T-box. So I guess Bowen Yang and Lena Bloom, again, no idea who these two are. One must be a Q. One must be the plus. Again... Everyone's got to get represented. But back to the Queens, they got four. Lady Gaga, of course. Carl Nassib. Hands down, I'm done. I'm voting for Carl. That strapping young NFL stud. If anyone is a badass, it's Carl Nassib. And I think, folks, even white boy Malcolm X would agree. Even though, Carl, he's not ginger. So we've already concluded who we're voting for, for the queerty badass in 2022. But there are two left. Let's just get this over with. First one, little Nas X. That attention whore. That raging power bottom. Why is he considered a badass? Because he gets banged by more guys in LA than Ronan Rubenstein. That makes him a badass? No. Tom Daley is the other one. That spoiled little princess, that kept boy with his half-assed LGBTQ virtue signaling, who would probably cry if he couldn't get his mani-pedi one weekend. He's a badass. Another one, no. So again, Carl Nasib for the win. And on that note, since I cannot top Those idiots over at Quirity and their silly popularity contest, even if most of it is bad pandering all across the tribe, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.